2: Welcome to the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast.
1: On a five-star day for Arsenal, Mesut comes up with the assist of the season, assisting Ronald Koeman the fuck out of Everton. This is the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast, my name is Elliot Smith, and you can block me on... Twitter, that's that's right, at Yankee Gunner. Um, yeah, Macedo will start along with all the other fantastic players in the starting eleven. We'll get to why it was such a fantastic starting eleven and everything else in a moment. But yeah, he uh, he put the final nail in Ronald Coman's coffin, and it's sweet revenge for Arsene Wenger a man who Coman uh, kind of had. A little bit of an Indian sign over, but no longer. That is done. So uh, bye-bye, Ronald. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. And hopefully Everton will hire a manager that will get them playing spectacular football and uh, they'll beat all the other big sides they face until whatever point in time it is that we have to face them again, at which point they can capitulate. Um, I'm here with Clive. He's on Twitter at Clive PFC. Hello, Clive. Hello, hello. Uh, I guess Paul and Tim just reached climax from the game and uh, went to sleep or something, so they, uh, they can't join us on this podcast, but that's okay. That just means you get to hear more of my opinion. I'm so sorry. Uh, in any event, Clive, I, there's really <clears throat> so many great things that came out of this game, but the one thing i certainly been bleeding on about uh, for ages was that we needed to see Ozil, Alexis, Lacazette play together, and it was everything we hoped it could be. Let's just start with this. What were some of your favorite moments from a game filled with fantastic attacking football?
2: Yeah, well, I saw the first five minutes. As always, they let you know what they're all about, and uh, everything looked like it was on fast forward, didn't it? It just looked so smooth, and they were just we 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 saw sort of all in our mind. Sort of thought, well, I wonder, this looks balanced. It looks good, you know. You've got like Urzal who his unique style, but what I was really thinking about was. Wavelength, they all look like they could be on a wavelength, and we just wanted to see them together and see what see what could happen. Because on paper, they look great, what did it looked like on grass. And, um, well, it was, it was just instant, it was just instant, it was just leaping out, they're leaping out the screen at you. Just the way they knew automatically where to run, the rotation, the movement, and what was really, I, I just keep thinking, slick and smooth. And it's sort of, um, you know, the one-touch round-the-corner passes, the layoffs, the wall passes, the availability of all of them, and it, and it sort of grew. It, it sort of got contagious. And You, you then saw Ramsey thinking, I, "I want some of this," and then he started playing one-touch passes round-the-corner layoffs, and and then Kolasinac started to do it. You're just looking at this this identity. The things we spoke about in the last pod that I, we struggled for, and we sort of spoke about. Our identity being wrapped up in our superstar as well. We got all three of them on the pitch and it, that was absolutely proven. But what I really enjoyed was how it affected other people, how it made other people come and join in. And then we looked like a cohesive unit going forward. And if you close your eyes and say, well, what's the best of Arsenal? Well, let's be positive today. right? We've won 5-2. We've had like 30 shots. That. That is Arsenal football right there. The way we moved, the way we broke, the way we transitioned. Even the way we overloaded in an attack and left big holes in midfield. That's very Arsenal-like, but you know what? It doesn't matter when you score goals. When you score goals, all deficiencies are forgotten. Yeah. So, um, yeah, incredibly, incredibly enjoyable.
1: And it raises the standard, too, because when Ozil's passing and moving like he was, it forces other players to do better right i mean there's there's yeah, no margin does. for taking two touches when one'll do or passing it 5 yards heavy when it needs to be precise when Ozos all over the pitch dropping dimes like that i think he created the most assists of any player uh, pardon me most chances of any player in any game this season he was really yeah. on it. I mean, there were so many great moments. The Ramsey, where he flashed the shot wide early, that move was, oh, beautiful. That was beautiful. I think yep. it's, it's so unfortunate. Lacazette didn't get a goal from his his turn and fire in the box. I mean, maybe he had a little more time to to just take an a extra- beat- and
2: shoot but he could have got the ball off Ramsey initially when Ramsey had was running he had Urza yeah, to touch. the right he had Urza to the right then he has Lacazette straight through on the left and he went right and, uh, and then he knew then he, then he ran on again and got it back And then Ramsey squared it and then Lacazette done the spin turn and had the shot. and uh, what a move It would have been, yeah. been a beautiful goal. It would have been a beautiful goal. There were so many bits when Ursula's down the right hand touch line. He gets it. He does a little dummy. He pops it back, gets it back first time and sweeps it out the other side. Mm-hmm. Five Everton players completely out of the game immediately. And he's never held the ball for more than a, a millisecond. I mean, some of the football that we played when we switched from side to side with one touch passing was just beautiful. It just makes you wonder where has
1: it been well wait a minute all right stop no i'm gonna i'm gonna have to stop you there i'm not allowing that (laughs) where has it been so
2: look (laughs) we're gonna come to where has it been real quick i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna do
1: that no we're gonna 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 do it we're gonna complain look man you've got the right partner for that but just hang out a second you know i mean the thing i loved about lock is that too and all those moves is the really great players the game slows down for them in the box and they don't panic and they they seem to have their breath and their composure. You look at the, the goal he scores and the way he just runs onto it, passes it you know, into the net. He made that look like a foregone conclusion. That's not a foregone yeah. conclusion from there. And it's only 2-1 and that's the goal that really seals the points for us. And I love that composure. I mean, if anything, what we saw from Ozo Alexis and Lacazette on the day is what Ramsey kind of needs to develop, which is just that oh, little yeah. extra bit of coolness when he just needs the final moment. Right.
2: That's a great spot, right? So there was the one when um, I don't know who cut it back for Ramsey, and he sort of thrashed at it and and went over the bar. It, it was Kachalny. So.
1: Kachalny picks him out, and Kachalny did a lot of good running and passing, and it's a pullback right to Ramsey in a similar spot to where Lacazette coolly slots home.
2: You see, Ramsey's got amazing. He's got amazing ability to to drive and to penetrate down lanes. He just re ran Everton players off their feet all day long. So I don't want to criticise him, but sometimes if you watch, when he gets towards the edgy area, he runs right through, right through to the goalkeeper. And I sometimes think. When you get to the point where you need to, you need to to create room. So you need to slow down. If you watch him on his goal, he was going to run through the line, but then he slowed down. As he slowed down, he could collect the ball. Then great first touch, and he slotted it. Now the difference but, but with real Lacazette. Quick, let,
1: is, let me just jump in there. I think the reason he stops, and this is where I love the awareness, the ability to see what's happening on the pitch. Ramsey had made a for, further forward run all the way to the stick, to the front stick. So yeah. that's what causes Lacazette to slow up because he realizes. That run is occupied. I'm gonna I'm gonna occupy the pullback space. I, I thought it was really yeah.
2: composed. It's really good and just, that's exactly what you want. You want two different runs, two different lines. And uh, but Lacazette knew he was getting that ball. So he's slowing down, he's creating room to run into. And then he when he runs onto it, it's all about shot preparation. Get your stripe out and right and hit pass it into the net. Ramsey sometimes I am being hypercritical here, and I've said this many times before, if he just get when he's spot on, he's arrival time is perfect. When he's really eager like he was on Sunday, he had seven shots. So he can't really complain. And a goal. Just, and an assist. I, I read seven <laughs> shots and a goal. And I think he, he, there was a hat trick out there for him. He was At untrackable. Least, yeah. Untrackable. He played very, very well. So nitpicking that little two percentile is just to calm down when you arrive into the box. Slow down it will come to you. Leave yourself room to run into and then run onto it. And what I think we we don't see enough of, he's actually got a great edge of area shot. He's got a lot of power and um, he'd get a lot more of those type of goals if he just didn't go so deep in the box sometimes. But when we don't have him, sometimes we lack penetration, so I'm probably um, arguing myself here, but <laughs> I don't, I, I don't nitpick too much um, on a 5-2 win, well, but yeah, it was, it was lovely to see the composure when it, when it counted.
1: We're going to nitpick in a minute, but I want to talk Mesut Ozil too. Uh, you know, he comes in for so much criticism, and yet since he's come into the league, he's created more chances than any player in the league, and he's provided more assists than any player in the league, and you know, he really came alive in this game. I was curious to you, first of all, do you think that Mesut Ozil is the kind of player whose quality is so dependent on making other players look good and, and, and helping other players shine that you can only get the best out of him by putting other quality players out there? What I mean is that, like, you know, he he can only elevate and again, all due respect, all due respect, he can only elevate the Girouds and the Welbecks and the Theos so high, but when you put a Lacazette and a Ramsey and and a Alexis on the pitch with him, you give him more of a platform to do what he does, which is making the other players around him better. Do you think one of the reasons this performance was so uh, sensational, so sublime, is because the quality that he needs out on the pitch to do what he does was there for him?
2: I, I think so. I think sometimes you know football's really really simple. If you just have good players on the pitch good things happen. <laughs> I, t- I just, tweeted
1: uh <laughs> three really good attacking players scoring really good attacking goals. It's not that fucking complicated. <laughs> it, it,
2: it really isn't. It really isn't. If you get them if you get them in the right mental place and I mean, some of those moves and patterns—they were just—they just came from people's heads. That's not sort of training ground stuff. That's pure wavelength. That's pure. This is what we do. We're all on it today. We we can. We need to put this team to the sword, and and we're going to do it. And um, and it was beautiful to watch. And I, I actually don't want to critique it too much because I was—we're all desperate to see a team. That we all like. We're desperate to see an Arsenal team again. And how um,
1: well, about just that's entertaining? That that's fun yeah. to watch. You know, calamity at it's the really, back aside. You want this is the kind of thing that you associate with Arsene Wenger.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean that that's unique. And and the way the stuff was created. I mean, some of the I just I was in, I was in. I was in a little bit of shock. I was in a little bit of shock. I haven't, I haven't seen us play that well for a long time. And are people are going to look for reasons. And I don't expect people to trust his team. or but Because but, we haven't really built that trust up, right? And then you think, well, hold on, Clive. Look who we were playing. Look what's happened to the manager today. He just got fired, blah, blah, blah. You know
1: what? You can go a long way in the Premier League slaughtering the bad teams. I mean, you make top four and even build a title challenge slaughtering the bad teams. I think United, when they won their last title, were like bottom of the top four league or something like that or second to last in the yeah. top four league. So th- this is where you get your points. You know, it's it's losing at Watford that kills you in the league, not not drawing at Chelsea.
2: Yeah, I mean we talk about the Europa League a lot and one of the reasons that the Watford game disappoints me is because we are making significant changes for the Europa League games and and what the benefit of that is when you have games around those games you've got to make sure you take those points. Sometimes we have a big Champions League game before, you know, after a league game or in between and we drop points in the subsequent league game and I, I didn't want to see us do that and I still think maybe Watford was down to fatigue from the international break maybe but disappointing that we end up zero but here we are a week later and and the team looked really pumped to get those points back right and there were three points we didn't get last season so that's that's good regardless of where Everton are Everton fancied us they thought they're going to give us a kick in they tried to press us they tried to kick us tried to smash us but in the end we overcame that with a far greater technical intensity than we've had Uh, say Watford for example we moved the ball to a point where they could not keep up any longer couldn't sustain the pressure made fouls got a player sent off could have been two players sent off then our advantage told and we beat them handling the last 15-20 minutes and that's a proper adult Premier League performance. Well,
1: and it's on the back of quality. And so uh, this is this is one of those things I think is interesting. There's a lot of debate forming on social media around commitment and energy and desire. And, you know, if Alexis knows I don't yeah. want to be here, fuck him, stick him in the reserves and play the guys that do want to be here. And I think this game is a not just a reminder. It is a slap in the face at how much talent and quality is yeah. Going to determine the performance and the outcome on the day, and you know you have Mesedozo, who was a ten out of ten, who scored a goal quite stunningly, who made the goal for uh, Lacazette, who should have made a couple of goals for for Ramsey, and had other. Sensational moves throughout the game, and then you know you have Alexis, who was key in the build-up to Lacazette's goal, brilliantly assisted Ozil's goal, scored a solo effort where he just decided to score a goal. I don't know any other way to say it yeah. than he decided yep. I'm having one for myself. Um, yep. And and so you look and you say, look, I love a Wobi, hard runner, hard worker. Definitely has talent. I'm not saying he won't develop into a special player. I love Danny Welbeck and his running and his chaos and his energy. Those things are great. Olivier Giroud and his you know, his flair for the dramatic. But, Clive, I mean, is this the problem, that we have allowed our own expectations of what top players should be to start to slip? And that when you look at Lacazette, Ozil, and Alexis on the pitch and the way they demolished Everton, I'm going to tell you something. I don't think Watford were that much different than Everton for the first 70 minutes. They conceded a lot of ground. They weren't that organized. They weren't that spectacular. But we were happy to move the ball laterally a lot, a lot of sterile domination. There wasn't that same intensity technically. There wasn't that same quality and end product. And yeah. I guess my my point in bringing that up is, Does th- is this a powerful reminder to us that there is no substitute, no matter how mercenary they may be, for putting sensationally talented players on the pitch and that that maybe Arsene Wenger has no one to blame but himself because when you look at the 11 that started against Everton I'm not saying it doesn't have flaws I'm not saying it doesn't have holes especially you know midfield and maybe defensively but that's an 11 that you can win things with right I mean that's the quality certainly in the attacking end that Arsenal should strive to be putting out there season after season
2: yeah for a lot of people that could be our strongest team. Right? You can debate Mustafi and Matzaga. some It probably, people 50 is. Fl- it probably yeah, 50, is. Yeah, yeah that probably could be our strongest team. I don't think there's many debates there. Certainly like, so our strongest
1: um, team attacking-wise. And you know, look, we, we conceded two just like we did against Watford. And we conceded them quite stupidly. But no one's talking about that because we scored five. It's just like when City scores exactly. seven and concede two. No one talks about the two they conceded. I think you know, I, I love awobe and Welbeck. Again, not to be redundant, but we're seeing the golf in quality and, and how important this quality is.
2: Yeah, well, n- no one was offering to buy Danny Welbeck for £60 million in the last summer, right? So it's just a quality of, 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 of player. And I am, I, I sent a tweet out yesterday saying, look, I'm trying to emotionally move on from Urzo and Alexis. And just when I get out, they pull me back in. And um, what <laughs> so I meant sorry. Was I'm is, I'm trying. I'm trying to get away from them, right? I'm trying to find reasons to hate them. I'm trying to find reasons in my mind to say, well, we don't need them, we don't need them, we need, to, we need to move on, we need to move on. And then you see that and you think, oh my goodness, how have we got ourselves into this mess? How have we got ourselves into a situation where our two world-class players have got themselves into a situation where their contract situation has dominated the last year? The contract situation of our manager has dominated all this time as well. We find ourselves in the Europa League. We find ourselves grappling around between third and sixth because we haven't managed the situation appropriately. We haven't managed those players appropriately. I don't think we've supported them appropriately. I don't think we've given them the tools they needed to do their job to really maximise their careers. Talked about that last time. And I will not change on that. And that's something that I feel strongly about. But here we are. And then we see it all on the we see it all on the pitch. We see it. And then we see what they can do. They can't play every week like that. No one can. But that's a taste of what could happen. And we've got some big games against Spurs and Man City coming up. And for the first time, I, I, I think we've got something... A, a little bit of fear factor back with our with our offensive power, right? So can we can we be solid enough? Can we give them enough chances? Can we play with the same level of mental focus and technical intensity when it really, really counts? No one can say we can because we don't trust them and no one trusts them. But that's a sign of what the potential of the group is. And what I'm really hoping is that the, the players themselves enjoyed it Maybe they don't feel so discontented. Maybe they will see a more positive light. That's just a fan in me hoping. Because if you don't enjoy that as a player, then there's something wrong with you, right? You must be yeah. able to see a potential. You must be able to see the potential of what you've just what you've just done on the pitch, right? So
1: I'm sure smiles. they enjoyed
2: it, Clive. When you, when you listen to the yeah. way the
1: interviews after the match and you know, the the way they were reacting to it, I, I think they had a blast playing like that. And, you know, they, they referenced that they were doing well together in training. Yeah, Let me ask you this. Do you think that this is the first time we've seen Ozil, Alexis, and Lacazette because Arson has been a little too cagey, a little too careful, a little too tactical about managing his one-away superstars? Or do you think it really just has been bad luck with some injuries and international breaks and that, he would have loved to have been putting these guys out every match, but this was genuinely the first chance he had to do it.
2: You see, one thing about Wenger, he's a hes a player's manager, right? So Ramsey and Alexis, they had tweaks, supposedly, from being knocked out from the World Cup. It wouldn't surprise me if the manager said, look, I may suffer disappointment. We've got enough for Watford. Just take some time out. Get yourselves right. Get yourselves fit. We'll come back for the next game. It wouldn't surprise me who did that. You know, I criticize Major a lot, as we all do. We <laughs> just twenty-one years, he's gonna make a few things we don't agree with, right? But I'm sure none of us could do a better job than him if we were on the sideline. But hey, that's the way it goes. So but what I will say is he does not put himself first. He always puts the players first. He always puts their welfare first. And sometimes maybe he overindulges some, and maybe he needed you know Urzel maybe needed some tough management the tough management that Mourinho used to give him. maybe Urzel did need to be take off in games when he wasn 't doing the business and you know and, and rather than left on always because he's a because he's a, a superstar player, I think players need managing and and sometimes he does it in a soft, nice way, in mm-hmm. a crush type way. I'd like to see something different. But hey, that's his style. But he is a man that does not care about himself. He'll always put the players first. So here we are. We've got it now. And um, you think he sticks with it? Yeah, was mean, nice.
1: You know, look, I, I think obviously he's going to change for Norwich. So that's fine. And and look, maybe we'll go to City and they'll hammer us for seven. If we start this lineup, I, I still think we could hit them for four, um, and I'll take 7-4 over 5-0. But, but 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 hang on a second. But but my concern isn't what happens when we go to City, because for right now, I think the, the league is already gone for us this season for a number of reasons we don't have to go back over again, and maybe, you know, maybe it was never going to be on for us at all. But top four is not gone, not the way Liverpool are playing, not the way Chelsea are playing. And so my bigger concern is Swansea. And to your point about fear factor – I'm sorry, Swansea are going to be shitting themselves to see Alexis, Lacazette, and Ozil in front of them. And between Ramsey, Alexis, Ozil, and Lacazette, I trust us to get at least two or three goals. And at that point, it's incumbent upon them to try to find two or three to to get points. And I think that's how we're going to have to claw our way up the table. So, I mean, at this point, we know Arsene loves attacking football. He can't help but to have loved what he saw, especially driving the nail into Koeman's coffin. Do you think he will now do everything in his power to ride this group... To whatever he can, and I mean, the upshot of it is, if he really doesn't care about Ozil and Alexis' future, then you have no excuse not to just play him into the ground, right?
2: Yeah, but I, I hope he's doing. I, I like what he's doing at the moment. I like what he's doing with the with the second team. You know, I, I like okay, what he's Okay, fine, but them.
1: you wouldn't cha- touch this for Swansea next weekend. It's, it's Swansea. No, absolutely
2: no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to that game. Inside. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to see it live myself. And, uh, and they and. You know, there's not one of us that thinks we're not going to beat them, right? So, um, so yeah, I think we will be good, and I think he'll keep it the same. I don't think there's any reason not to. There's no one injured. There's no there's no international games not for a couple of weeks anyway. So there's no reason. Not to keep them together, and plus they've performed. Right? Well, statistically, well, I don't know how I don't know how many how many records we broke. Well, I mean, statistically, it's just it's just amazing, right? So, so yeah, they've performed. They've done the business. The chemistry was fantastic, and I saw the, the, I saw a team out there, right, all on the same wavelength. So, I don't see any issues there. I'm really looking forward to seeing this, the second team again uh, against Tuesday and against Norwich and. I think we can almost name that team now. That's settling itself down. It sort of reminds me, I know you, you and makers will well know this, but in, in rugby in 2005, the Lions tour, there was two distinct squads on that tour. And it looks like there's almost two distinct squads at Arsenal at the moment. And you have to play really, really well to go from one to the other, or you play really, really badly flipping to the other. Age of the season, we are running two squads. And it's really refreshing. It's not like we've got two teams to don't watch. Right? Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting. Yeah, the good I'm, one, the good one and the bad one. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what, what upsets you is that when the good one plays bad. Then you think, well, what, what's going on? Then you yeah. question the whole, the whole director of the club, etc. But I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. When we play like that, you can't fail to enjoy it.
1: And, and I don't want to brag, but I think you'll find there are a lot of things Americans don't know about. Um, so uh, look, I, it was it was fantastic, and I, you know, I. I think we obviously owe a debt of gratitude to Nacho Monreal, though. I mean, one thing we know sometimes when this team gets punched in the mouth in a game, they fade. Um, when when Watford fortunately got their equalizer through that terrible penalty call, it was after that that we completely crumbled. And, you know, Monreal popped up with the key moment that even though we played them off the park, and I think we had something like 3.7 XG, something incredible like that. Um, wow. We needed Nacho to, to kind of drag us off the mat a little bit and remind us, oh, yeah, we're, we're killing them. This is going to be fine. Um, and then, you know, eventually the, the finishing came and the, the great moves resulted in the goals they deserved. One thing that I think is, <clears throat> you know, man, I, I, don't, I don't want to say, so it's interesting, right? Let's talk Granit Xhaka for a minute. Uh, Granit Xhaka has a, a bit of a challenge on his hands in the sense that Aaron Ramsey spent a lot of the day in the opposition box. It's not like he had a partner playing next to him. He also grew into the game. And I think if you watch it again, you'll find that he did a lot of things well. He took the shot that led to Nacho's goal. So, I mean, he he got that right. He hit the post, the the crossbar, I should say. He was spraying the ball around pretty well by the second half. But in the first half, he was giving it away again. And and those giveaways have resulted in goals. And whether you think he got fouled or not, at best, that's a 50-50 call. Some refs will give it to you and some won't. So you can't expect to be given to it. The first thing I want to ask you just about that moment is, in terms of where you apportion the blame, how much is Murdasacker for where he gives him the ball, and how much is Shaka for just not being able to play out of that situation?
2: Okay, so <laughs> well, and I—you'll I, be surprised uh, to know—I have an opinion on this. Oh, would you? Oh, you can share after my one, right? So, so Shaka, <laughs> right? Enough. So he is—he you called it—he's he's a—he's a hub in our hub and spoke sort of system. He is the one man midfield, and by the way, Man City do the same thing with Fernandinho—they play one man, and everyone else rotates around him. Right, so no one notices because they score the goals, and no one notices the fact that they can get overloaded too. Right, so it's all about execution, bravery, and overloading in, in higher areas. So Shaka's a man; he had 120 touches, which was, I don't know about 40, 50 touches above everybody else. So once you know that as an opposition team, what you're going to do, you know that Arsenal are going to play into him a lot. So you trap him, right? So and on that goal, there were three players around him on record, on the prowl just waiting to spring, waiting to spring. So it pops on our left-hand side, I think Colosinac, Monreal, and then it goes to Mertesacker. And there's three or four Everton players in view. Now, what he should have done was just go longer and beat the press, chip it over into Lacazette's feet, just go beyond the press. And he just rolled the ball in to to Shaka's feet. Now, sometimes footballers always say, right, when you pass a ball, the ball has information on it. Right, so if you roll it in, that's telling you, you've got time. I'm just rolling this ball into you. And as the ball was rolling, Shaka could hear the hooves. He then sprints towards it and then he has a, like a, a, a slightly big touch. He tries to get his leg in front to protect it. Um, guy kicks his leg. That should be a foul. He goes down, doesn't get the foul. This is England, right? So, you're not in 50-50 to get that foul. And then they go through and score. Now, what should happen? Mertzaka should press that ball. The first thing you should do is close the distance down. Be a big body. Don't let Rudy see the goals. But he steps away and he can do that sometimes, right? So, if he presses the ball, then immediately Koscielny and Monreal will cover around and they'll cover around the runners. So, he just hesitates and while he hesitates, he's really to have two touches he's in the top corner around there. Now, what could... What could have been different? As the ball's been recycled, what Saka should have done was buzzed it into his into Shaka's feet and then move off the line, create an angle. So Shaka would have just walked past it back and it would have gone out second phase. But he rolled it in slowly and then didn't move. And he was marked himself. I couldn't see if Koscielny was free on the right-hand side. He may have been, and that may have been the pass. There wasn't really around the corner pass because Ramsey was slightly higher. It's a... And so sometimes the situation just happens. So maybe what he should have done is, I'm going to be in a bit of trouble here. I'll try to protect the ball and take the foul. But really, it's a combination between Mertensacker the pace of the pass, the lack of movement off the line to create an angle. This, this decision—it comes back to our exit strategy. Sometimes we get caught in our half doing silly things and this is not the first time it's happened but we do play a lot of football in our half or we play for the thirds and it's risk versus reward and we do overload in high areas which is great when we score when we don't like for example stoke very similar when we get caught and we're high up and then they go through and score with two passes then you question the player that loses it when really it's a risk and reward strategy and we've got to be far smarter how we exit. Now, I'll give you an example, sorry, I'll keep going on this one, but on the sending off, when Colosina passed the ball into Shaka on the sending off one, that ball was fizzed into Shaka's feet, which meant he was going to knock it straight around the corner and use the pace of the ball. And the difference is, because the ball was fizzed in, it created a situation that actually created the foul. By rolling the ball in, you attract attention. Really, attention and you attract the press because you know it's going to be a standing target to go and tackle. So, it's a, we had a debate on WhatsApp earlier. I said fifty fifty 50 between Murta and Shaka, but the guy sort of beat me down to 70 30, Shaka's fault. But <laughs> we'll, but, um, <laughs> we'll I, see.
1: I, look, watch Manchester City play out from the back. They put themselves under incredible pressure. And if you watch their game against yeah. Napoli in the Champions League, it was insane. I mean, they're playing it to each other in between two attacking players pressing them back to the keeper who's taking a step away from a defend, uh, an attacker to slide it forward to a center back on the edge of his own 18 with two players bearing down on him. That's the way they want to play. And everybody's expected to be able to play the ball to feet and use the yeah. ball intelligently. And I think what's happening to Shaq is a couple things. First of all, maybe it's in his head a little that he's been a little loose with the ball because his touch is not clean, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I get that that puts him under a slight bit of pressure, but these are professional league uh, uh, Premier League footballers, right, Clive? So he should yeah. be able to take a soft touch, and if he doesn't think he can turn and be progressive with it, give it back to Mertesacker or give it to, to uh, Nacho Monreal or someone like that. Um, the touch is heavy. He's then a little too slow to get back to his own touch. And admittedly, maybe because he's fouled, that's fine. But he he creates that problem for that, but also because of his one-footedness. And I thought this was a game in the first half where, again, it seems that it's been figured out that that right leg is just for standing on. And that's causing problems. I mean, he cannot turn to that side. So you have to give him the ball in a certain position. He has to receive it on his left. Um, and and that's problematic. You know, again, he he played 100 passes, and I I thought he actually did pretty well in a lot of situations. I mean, 12 of 15 accurate long balls is pretty impressive. Um, Yeah. But he was at 83.8%. That's kind of high for where he has been, but we're used to central midfielders playing at 90, 91, 92. I mean, Ramsey, who's not particularly known for his precision, 88%. Ozil, 89%. How about our central defenders? Monreal, Mertesacker, Kashelny 91%, 94%, 93%. Um, you know, Shaka, just a little bit loose with it. And and ultimately, like I said, I think he grew into the game. I don't think this was the dumpster fire that some people made it out to be. But no, I, 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 I think there's also a genuine question of what you can expect from this guy. I mean, look, do I think Granite Shaka is a talented player? Absolutely do, but he has limitations. You've got to put a mobile guy next to him. You have to give him someone who, under pressure, he can just give that ball next to his partner, and his partner can wriggle out of trouble and carry the ball forward. And if Aaron Ramsey off the ball wants to go bombing forward, look at the pass maps. It's Granit Xhaka's a big fucking red dot in the middle of the center, in, in the middle of the pitch, and nobody near him at all. Ramsey's yeah. up there standing next to Lacazette. So, um, you know, I think the player that suffers the most from this. Two-man midfield that with Ramsey becomes a one-man midfield is Shaka, and it exposes the weaknesses in his game. Do I think he's a talented player? Undoubtedly. Do I think he's a little slow? Do I think he's very one-footed? Do I think he lacks mobility and the ability to get out of tight spaces in a composed way? Yeah, I think he does, and I think he's someone who would benefit tremendously from having that... That safe partner next to him. I mean, maybe, you know, look, we don't have a lot of midfield options, right, Clive? So there isn't an option that I love. One thing that has been mooted a little bit, I think, online that to me doesn't sound like a fit, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. There is so much desire to see Jack Wilshere break back into the first team. I don't see a place for him right now, especially, look, he's not going to replace Alexis Ozil or Lacazette. He's just not good enough and he's not ready to, to on merit, be picked ahead of any of them. Do you think the notion that he could be picked instead of Shaka makes any sense? Uh, or is that a position that's just too demanding for, for what his legs have right now?
2: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, when you listen to the game I'm sure Tim was on, I'm sure he would say the same. The crowd was singing Jack, Jack's name for minute one. Look, he, right? he's so, been at the club since he's 10 years old.
1: You can't, it's hard to hate Jack Wilshere no matter you know, how many chances he's had or injuries he's had or things he does that frustrates you. I find myself still falling back in love with Jack Wilshere against every better instinct, but that doesn't yeah. mean he's ready to be, you know, the deeper of the two in a two-man midfield and all the demands that that places on him.
2: Yeah. So what what we all do as fans, we just, we decide who's the one that's not doing well, who's going to get, who's going to who's going to create the space for Jack to get in the team, even when it's not really reasonable. Can so, it be David Ospina? So, <laughs> so for me. There are people looking at Shaka and thinking, well, Jack can do that role. Well, uh, he, he can't, not in the current balance that we have, not in my opinion. Higher up, yes, we, where he can play in small spaces and he can create, I think he can do a very good job, right? So, uh, Erz and Alexis won't play every minute of every game. So, I think that's his way into the team. Right? So, we mustn't get fixated with 11. There's like what we saw on, on at the weekend with a, with a great 11. But there's, three or, there's two or three now really, really pushing that 11. Wobbe's pushing that 11. Welbeck's pushing that 11. And Jack's pushing that 11. So that's, that's a really strong 14. And you've got Giroud and Walcott just behind that. So we're developing a real senior squad, right? So, And Jack's someone we didn't have last year. That's a player that's come in that's really now showing us all that he can be effective, and be an addition to the squad, rather than being a 100,000-pound-a-week player, but just a memory on the hospital bed. But you right? look at so, where
1: he came in, right? I mean, he assists Ramsey's goal, um, and it's a nice little kind of ball between the center backs uh, in into the box, but it's from one of those two... F- Sort of two behind the striker positions, right? It's not from deep yeah. line. He's not a deep lying midfielder. He's not a deep lying playmaker. I should I, say I,
2: anymore, is he? I, I, he can do it because he's talented, but we, that's not where he's best used. And what I liked about his cameo was, you know, like he hasn't played for us for like a year and a half in the Premiership, and he came on and he didn't run around busting a gut. He just said, "Give me the ball. I'll just move it around. I know I can play. I'll keep moving it. Be patient. Oh, here's a chance. Assist. Done." No drama, I'm a good player, don't try and be Royal Rovers, just play football. And, uh, and I was really impressed with that little cameo, just to the way he approached it. He didn't charge around like he used to do. He just needs to build himself back up. He's, he's a good footballer. If he keeps playing like this for the next six months, good things are going to happen to him. Because he knows how to play football. We, we have got a very risky system. Right, And even when we're playing a team like Everton bereft of confidence there's still a risky system in centre midfield that when it works we don't worry about but when it doesn't we then question our structure, we question our defensive strategy we question our recovery speed but I'd, I don't mind the risk when five goals is there but um, at the moment I love what we saw yesterday Jack coming on is great, putting pressure on, on players to play for the entirety of the game and not feeling they can do what they like. That's what top-level sport is. There's somebody else on the sideline waiting to take your shirt, so I have to play well. So Jackie's a big part of that now. So great. I hope he gets his opportunity when the time's right if Urzel decides I don't fancy playing because it's cold and wet then you know what Jack can come on at half time and say well I fancy playing and then we'd more like to get a high performing team you know that level of competition so the fans have got to be patient in my opinion I don't think the Shaka and Ramsey thing in centre midfield will work because I just think the distances are too much for him to cover I mean Shaka's barely covering them and he hasn't had he hasn't missed two, three years of his career over the last sort of five years so let's just be patient with him
1: Maybe I mean I guess you know it's funny you look at Manchester City and I don't think that they have a balanced squad particularly or a balanced uh, eleven that they put out there and they don't have much of a midfield but when you have five of the best attacking players in the league on the pitch together you find a way to make it work you know I
2: yeah no one notices no one notices that Fernandinho is the only defensive midfielder that they have
1: right because they're no, scoring no seven goals and and exactly. here's the other thing look at the end of the day your squad in October is your squad. It's not changing. And our squad has weaknesses and strengths. Its strengths are Alexis, Ozil, Lacazette, and you might even argue Ramsey in the attacking half anyway. Yeah. So if you're going to go away from them you're really starting to emphasize your weaknesses, right? If you're like, well, I'm not going to play Ozol. I'm going to play Wobi because he gives me more more running and, and defensive contribution. And I'm not going to play Alexis, I'm going to play Welbeck, or I'm going to play Giroud because he can help head defensive headers. Like, okay, great. So what you've done is you've blunted yourself in the area of the pitch where you had a major advantage, and at best, at best, you've brought yourself up to average in the defensive half of the pitch. My argument yeah. is, instead of trying to make yourself an average defensive team at the expense of your attacking... Just be a team that can be elite attacking and suffer through the occasional ridiculous goals you're going to concede. And we've seen that work. We've seen it work for other teams, and we've seen it work for us. What we have not seen work for us is being a mediocre attacking side that's also a mediocre defensive side. Um, and and yeah. so it was just a joy to see us go do what we do best with our best players on the pitch. Um, I think Ramsey's an interesting one. Clive, th- this is an interesting game for Ramsey. He gets a goal, he gets an assist, um, albeit, you know, it's an assist on Alexis's goal, which is hardly an assist. Um, yeah. but his running was absolutely elite. It was yeah. uh, extraordinary the way he found the spaces, the way he found the lanes to run into, the places that he popped up. That that nearly opening goal that he scores is just an elite fantastic. awareness of where to be. It's fantastic, and of course, look the the touch from Ozil on the on the move to give it. it it's just incredible, but. I guess my question is, I think there's this belief that because of his engine and because of his running, which are both um, elite, that as soon as his final third passing and finishing comes around, he's going to be one of the all-time greats. My question for you is, is his final third passing and finishing going to come around? I mean, is this maybe the player he is an elite runner with an extraordinary engine who can get up and down the pitch for 90 minutes when he's fit in a way few players can, but who will always be a little loose with that final ball or the finish? I mean, is that yeah. just who he is? Is it, is it maybe time to acknowledge that this is a guy who's going to underperform XG his career and that, you know, we have to live with that?
2: I think he's one of the hardest players to to really assess because every time you're about to rubbish him, he does something fantastic and every time you think he's finally cracked it, he, he plays a really ridiculous pass or has a shot falling over that goes out for a throw in. He's a really hard person to sort of read. and. The people that love him see all the good things and the people that don't see all the bad things. And and what I see is a player that has peaks and troughs. Right? And I was talking to a, f- a friend of mine, Jane, online today, and, and she summed it up beautifully. She sort of said, he's a player that does the difficult things easily, but the easy things he finds hard. Right? And so there was a bit in the game where he received the ball on the half turns, just swept it round, little dummy inside, Runs the ball towards Alexis. It's a it's a, it's a four yard pass, <laughs> a li- literally four yard pass. And he passed it to, a yard to the side of him. Alexis goes Alex mad mentally. Sh- yeah, <laughs> he yeah he just shout sh- him. And the two of them there arguing in a bit. And you're thinking, wow, you know, and I'm being objective here now. So receiving the ball in a half turn like El Nelly could never do, spinning around, you know what, that's lovely. Just play the ball. It's a simple ball, but he just loses his shape on the pass and it goes to the side. Now, other people do that as well, and and other people are loose with the pass. Alexis is very loose with the pass. But we don't mind, and you know why? Because there's credit in the bank, right? And I always say to players I look after, I say, debit and credit. How much you got in your account? Have you given the ball away three times on the trot? Or the next two... You got to make sure they go to a, the same color shirt So you're backing credit, right? You give the ball away three or four times, you're in debit. We don't mind when Alexis gives the ball away because he always does or has a goal or, or an assist or a key moment. Because so he drops one onto Mesut head, where it's easier yeah, to score exactly. than miss. Yeah. He's got he's got credit in the bank. Ramsey needs to build up his credit, and that's when he, that's when all stop dividing people right he sometimes plays like a player that's got you know has got 20 goal a season player he takes shots he takes risk he plays like this credit in the bank which is a real real you know real personality you've got to be brave to do that amongst players like Alexis and Ozil but when you look at the numbers there isn't that much credit in the bank you know so he needs to get that credit in the bank build it up we can all see he's moving well. He's not playing three times a week. And as soon as he does, he has a little strain. So those players like Jack and Iwobi and, and Welbeck and Theo and El Nenny and Coughlan are all giving him time to rest. And he looked really fit yesterday. He looked really energetic. And that was due to time he's had off. Right. So he comes out there and I, 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 I want to see the player Deliver more. There is more goals in him than we're seeing. You, you, you know what he si- is, in
1: a way? Sorry, just to cut across. For a second. No, no, no. Go ahead, mate. He's kind of like a midfield, an attacking midfield version or a central midfield version of Danny Welbeck. There is an absolutely extraordinary player in there between his engine and his intelligence and his running. But when the yeah. ball comes to his feet, all too often, he can't do the bit that, that takes you to that next level. And it's like Welbeck, right? I mean, between his strength and his pace and his running and his power and his, his aerial qualities, I mean, he could be... Yeah. He could put himself in the conversation for best strikers in the league. It's the problem that what happens when the ball comes to him in the box, he lets himself down. And Ramsey is almost like the central midfield version of that. And I guess, is, can we expect that to change? Or, or is that, you know, is, is this... Aaron Ramsey, is this the player he is?
2: He may well be. I'll give you another analogy. Potentially he's like Delhi Alley. Right? So oh Deli Alley. Well, Delhi Alley, right? I actually think Aaron Ramsey is a way better footballer than Delhi Alley. Yeah, it's on every single advertisement. FIFA this, B T this. And you know why? Ramsey is because, a more involved player. You know, Delhi Alley does not get himself involved in games all that much. He just doesn't. Yeah, and and you know what? I think You know why he gets all the praise he gets? Because he makes big moments work for him and he scores more goals. That's it. Aaron Ramsey has the ability to score more goals than Deli Alley, and then no one will be talking about Deli Alley. I'm telling you, this boy can play, but it's all about your end products and what you do when it counts. Your decision making, can you feel the game? Yesterday was a game where we needed him to overload, and he did it brilliantly. There are other days, like at Chelsea, when he seemed much more instructed to stay behind the ball more, and he'd done that brilliantly, and he outran and outpressed Kante. I mean he he did that I and mean, he has got tools in his toolbox. He's got to work out what he is for me and the team I'd love him to work out what the team needs. So yesterday I felt he really pushed forward well and we needed that, right? And they weren't very good. On the day when we need him to be more disciplined he can do it and I hope he can fill the game and gives us what we require. I think he's a very important player for us and I don't always like him, but I do, I do respect him. I do respect what he tries to do. I do respect his personality amongst other big players. He refuses to be bowed. He'll argue his point. I would like him to have more credit in the bank before he, before he uh, does some of the things that he does. But I can't, I can't deny he's a, he's a big player. And, um, and at the moment, we're seeing the most from him because he's not forced to play every three That's days. That's for sure, yeah. And, uh, and I think we're seeing a much fitter player because of that.
1: And I think it is hugely important because if you take him out and you put in an Nenny, you may get a better, safer partner for Shaka, and you may get a higher pass completion rate and you may have a little more control in midfield. But suddenly... It's easier for defenders to track where Alexis and Lacazette are running to pick up Ozil. Lacazette gets yeah. his goal because Ramsey has run all the way to the to the to the end line, and yeah. a central defender has had to follow him there, leaving yeah. an entire center of the box for Lacazette to occupy. If if that's El on the pitch and he's standing twenty five yards back, that central defender is is all over Lacazette. Ramsey's yeah. running creates those lanes. Um, sure, we'd like him Agreed. to do more when the ball comes to him, but but the space he creates by taking a defender away from Alexis Ozil and Lacazette is invaluable. Um, you know, I, I think... And and it's interesting because you see these players interact and, and their, their qualities all seem so suited to each other and it is... It was so brilliant to see. I thought Alexis was great on the day. It's funny, because of Ozo's brilliance, Alexis didn't get a lot of credit, but Two shots well saved by Pickford. Um, the goal that he scores is brilliant. The assist he provides is is just next level. A virtuoso performance for me um, from Alexis without stealing the spotlight somehow, which is unusual for him because so much of what he does is on the ball. He starts the move that results in Lacazette's goal um i believe he had our highest sort of xg chain rating progressive passing rating in the game in terms of sort of building the play uh his dribbles were coming off for him in this game in his in the little tight spaces where they did try to get around him he was able to get away from them but whenever we win big it feels like one of the talking points has to be how bad the opposition was now i don't particularly give a fuck because i think there are a lot of bad teams in the premier league i thought watford was terrible when we went there and we had seven were
2: terrible
1: well yes well and, and, but and that's exactly right we had 70 minutes to win the game against Watford and we sat on the ball and did nothing and you know that that's really the problem for me but for you um, are you un, are you willing to draw conclusions from this lineup and this performance or do you feel you have to throw sort of a, a, a damp blanket on it a little no. bit because of the opposition and, and the fact that they were kind of in turmoil
2: I mean, oh, look, I real, how they real quick, them. I'm
1: going to answer my own question just real quick. Let's not forget, last time Ronald Coleman was in turmoil and had lost like nine of ten games was with Southampton, and they beat us 4-0. So yeah, we're perfectly capable of being the spark that reignites a, a team that's struggling.
2: And we all feared that, didn't we? We all secretly feared that. We we all secretly feared that they that Rudy was rested and they were going to come back and kick off their season, but we didn't allow it. Right. So um, I, I thought, you know, you spoke about Alexis. So I, 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 I thought he was fantastic. And and when we when they weren't there, the the lack of build up in the last game that we had. I mean, the lack of bravery to receive the ball in tight areas, make people step back. I mean, he gets people booked. He gets fouled. He drives on. There was a lot more, you know, wall passes and flicks around the corner. Um, Yeah, and I was watching. I I was on holiday today, so I watched the game a couple of times. And and on the on the assist for Özil's goal. If you're watching him running with the ball, his feet are just dancing around the ball. They're just dancing around the ball. And John Joe Kenny is a good young fullback, just making his way in the game. He, he daren't move. He daren't move. He backed off, he backed off, he backed off. And then he just clips it in, and, and it's a goal. And I just think he's the player that's, that sets us off, and it just breaks my heart that we are where we are with, with the two of them, because the balance is there. We can all see it, right? We can all see it. The guy who's great on the
1: ball, the guy who's great off the ball, the guy who does the running. So let me ask yeah. you this then. I mean, did Arsene Wenger miss his window? Did he did he blow it? And what I mean by that is he had Alexis and Ozil, and he tried to play him with Oxlade-Chamberlain, and he tried to play him with Theo yeah. Walcott, and he tried to play him with Olivier Giroud, and that wasn't the solution. And he tried to play him with a midfield of Flamini and Coughlin behind them. Or, you know, I mean, granted, there was that little period with Santa Cazorla, but, you know, rip. Santee, we miss you. We really want to run to you. All yeah. that stuff. I mean, did did Arsene Wenger in the summer where he only bought check in the in the summers where he flirted with strikers but didn't go get them? Did he miss the chance? And, and we got a little little glimpse of it on this day. Did he miss the chance to build a special team that maybe could have had what it needed to? Well, certainly win the league the season that um, Leicester did, but. Did he blow it? I mean, did he have two really exceptional talents and, and fail to go the step further he needed to to surround them properly? I mean, is that is that yeah. what we saw on this day?
2: Well, you've heard me talk about there's sometimes we lack a little bit of urgency in our club, right? So I was reading some things on Mourinho, not someone I like, but he creates an urgency. He, when he joins the club, he creates an urgency to win. So the first year, he has a look, and the second year, he creates an urgency. I don't like how he plays, but I do like how he creates an atmosphere in a club which says, we need to win, and we need to win now, All right? So now, not everyone can win, right? So, but I would like to think when you're investing in, you know, when it gets to like north of 30 million, for us, that's a big purchase, right? So we've got three or four of those in you know, Mustafi, Shaka, Ozil and Alexis. And I'd like to think in my own little tiny mind, when we buy those players, we have a plan for them. We have a plan to support them. We have a plan to deploy them. And I feel that we would have missed the trick slightly. And it's been highlighted yesterday to find a forward that moves like they do, that sees early movements, that plays one touch, combines, and to see the three of them just flow around that pitch. You can't help but feel, what have we done? What have we done? And have we allowed, have we mismanaged them slightly have we not given them the tools they required? If you look at any Urzal YouTube video playing with Ronaldo and Benzema, you look at the movement off them and Di Maria, why would you give him Giroud? You know, you're just limiting him immediately. And he still makes that work. But why do it? You're not maximizing the potential to win. And a lot of these players now, they've got all the money in the world. They They don't have to. I mean, everyone talks about Deli Alley and he's like on sixty grand a week. Well, no one mentions the eight million pound Adidas deal that he signed. Right? They've got all the money in the world, right? So so when what they do now is they're looking at it and say, Where is my potential to grow? Where is my potential to win? Right. And I know have I'm fun the
1: by f- the way. Play the kind of football you want to play, right? I mean, I don't care if Sam Allardyce was winning titles, I don't know that Mesut Ozil would want to go play for him. You know, I mean Yeah. You exactly. could see how fun it was on Saturday.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Or,
1: or it Where's wasn't on Saturday. Saturday probably wasn't a lot of fun.
2: It was fun on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. where is my potential to win? Where is my potential to maximize my potential? Where is it? Where is it going to happen? Is it going to be here? Are they with me? Where Where is this club going? Right, and it's been a question for a while. And back in the day, when we we were playing for the stadium, we all didn't like it, but we we sucked it up, right? So when players left because we couldn't quite surround them with the right players I don't think we bought smartly I think we could have bought more efficiently um, but I suppose lots of fans would say that but for me to to attract those players that's a chance to go to attract more players like that and I think we hesitated that Czech summer we then bought out of necessity rather than building upon the platform and I think we have waited that window Maybe with maybe there's a little sneaky chance that they like what they see. They may stay. That's just me hoping, but yeah, it's a shame because I think we saw yesterday. There's a lot there, right? There's a lot there if you surround them correctly. And um, now we're all putting a time window on what we saw yesterday. We're thinking oh, it's going to last for two more months before the the, uh, speculation starts again and then they potentially could both go and then we're down now left to Lacazette who I said previously is probably our most important player now because he's the one that's going to attract players he's the one that's going to bring some of his mates he's the one we have to build around so the next three months is going to be really interesting
1: yeah, I mean, at a minimum, he's got to keep putting this team out. And, you know, there, there may be people listening to this saying, oh, I got news for you. When we play a, a pressing side, when we play Liverpool, when we play Spurs, we're still going to lose, and the top six sides will still beat us, and I don't believe this team will win those big games. Let me say this. First of all, you're a miserable bastard. Try being an optimist like me for a change. But <laughs> secondly, so what? Say we lose every game we play the rest of the season to the rest of the top six. I got bad news for you. We've been fucking doing that anyway. If we score five goals every game against the other fourteen sides, I'll fucking take it like the problem here is, yes, losing the big game sucks, and we've done too much of that, and it would be great to stop doing that, but you know what sucks just as bad or worse is is four nils to Southampton and two ones to Watford and you know dropping points at home to re- newly promoted sides and nil nils so if we can. At first, look. First things first. Yeah, I'd like to win the big games, but if we can score five goals every time we play a, a a poor side, that would be a step in the right direction. And you know, I'm thrilled to see it. So I guess where we go from here is is the next question. And I so first we we kind of touched on, but do you assume that he will stay with this eleven when we uh, when we host Swansea uh, Saturday?
2: I can't see any reason why you should change it in fact I'd be disappointed if he changed it right? so um, there's no one coming back from injury really to change it so I think we this is going to be it now until we get to um, the international break I think after the international break I think we get Mustafi and Welbeck back, I think Chambers comes back as well which allows us to really manage the midweek games really well So um, yeah this is a big couple of weeks I, I know we, everyone's got City and Spurs in their mind and Yes, we're not very good against people that keep us in our half, but you know our our record against City is not too bad. City and Chelsea are the two that, strangely, we seem to play well against. You know, on occasion. And um, Spurs, I think we got some work to do there. I think we just need to we need to have a specific plan to make them play in areas they don't want to play. Yeah. If you keep them on there, if you get them running backwards, they are a strong running team, but not an agile team. So you need to keep the ball moving fast and work them hard. And don't let them get physical momentum where they smash the ball into into areas where they want to play. And obviously they are very switched on when the opposition has the ball. They play off mistakes. They They play the ball forward and they play good statistical percentage football. You know, when they put the ball in the box and they work hard and they're tall so you have to play them in the areas where you don't want to play you've got to be brave to do that you've got to be brave and quick and, and agile to do that but I don't put those teams on a massive pedestal you've just got to have the ability to impose your game on them strange enough the team that always I think we struggle against is Manchester United away I just feel that we struggle in that ground struggle in that arena and Liverpool away, I, they're the games that I fear. I know we ain't got to go there again, but the others I, I don't fear. So um, I, I think they'll. It's all about our ability to execute. We always have a big chance for they score. We always do. It comes back to our efficiency and our ability to execute. And, and if we do, then then the game can be more like how we want it to be rather than chasing those games, which ultimately exposes us because we like a bit of an overload. Well, and
1: if you're going to get the first big chance, better to have your best players out there converting it, right? I mean, look, I'm not saying that Liverpool game was ever going to go any other way than it did, but the first chance of the game fell to Danny Welbeck um, from a nice little Ozil chance creation. Do you know that
2: yesterday, was out of 80 premiership games, only five as a team that not scored first have gone on to win the game. That was one of five... Yesterday, and that's, that's, an, that's telling you that first goals really count, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, well, and they, they shape really how count. teams
1: can react to that, right? I mean, because if the smaller team scores first, also, I mean, it lets them play much more on the counter, be a little more compact, um, you know, which makes it harder for the big teams to break them down. Um, so I, I think, think I think Everton were important.
2: lucky. If Ramsey scores that early goal, which he very nearly did. It could have been 10. that. Could have been that. Could have been anything. <laughs> yeah, that course. could have been anything. That um, really could have been anything. I tell you.
1: Well, and look, I, you know, I think one thing that. We saw on display with and, and look, I know Ozil has his off games and Alexis has off games they, they these are not flawless players, but I got told for season after season that all oh, Oxlade Chamberlain's a star. I can't believe you don't see he's a star. He's got he's got everything about him. Well, he's going to be playing at Astonville in two seasons. Okay, he turns out he's not a star. It turns out he doesn't have everything about him. And, um, you know, I think that and I'm not just picking on him, although I, I love picking on him. I think Alex Iwobi may be a star. He really looks like he could be. And Danny Welbeck has a lot of great traits. And Olivier Giroud has scored 100 goals, and so has Theo Walcott. They're not a step down from Ozil and Alexis and Lacazette. They're several steps down. And we are not good enough in other areas of the pitch to step down that far in the attacking half and get away with it. And so, this is the way we're going to go forward, is scoring a lot of goals with our best players on the pitch and yeah, I mean it's going to be bittersweet. If you're assuming that Ozone and Alexis are gone, um, then at a minimum, get the most you can out of them. One other thing, just real quick, that I I thought was nice: yep. we put three center backs on the pitch. Okay, Clive, when was the last time yep. we put three center backs on the pitch where you looked at all three of them and you loved every fucking player? I fucking love Kachelni. I love Saka. Yeah. I love Nacho Monreal. Now, look, I'm not saying the three of them are uh, you know. Vying for best defender in the world awards. But what I'm saying is, it always seems we have some comedy defender, someone who defies opinion. You know, Mustafi, who has some crazy diving in challenge in his locker, or or Rob Holding, who can look like a dumpster fire when it's not going for him, or Callum Chambers, who can look like a deer in headlights, or Squalachi, or Sylvester, or, you know, we know all the names. Yeah. How yeah. nice was it to have three grown up, likable Experienced quality centre backs on the pitch together, and I, th- I think they were a big part of why it went well for us on the day.
2: Yeah, massively. And funny enough, the way the TV angle was, and his distribution out of the back was absolutely fantastic. Right, he he just got the ability. I mean, considering he's played left centre back for five six years, he's now right centre back in the three. Which, and he's just gone to that no problem at all. I think and he loves having
1: Pere next to him. I, I just, I, yeah. I mean, for him having that instead of the shivering wreck that is Mustafi, I think it makes a big difference.
2: You know what? I had not really noticed that. You make, uh, I haven't really put a, put that emphasis on that. But you might have a good point there. You know, I think he looked really good yesterday, I was really quietly impressed with him uh, from an Everton team that were trying to trap. Shaka, he wasn't having it. He could see it, and he was buzzing it into us. He was flicking around the corner to Bellerin on the move, and we were off from running. Should have had an or, assist.
1: That The, the pullback to – I mean, when was the last time you can remember Koscielny making a, a run all the way into the opposition area for a pullback to, to – or should have been an assist? I mean, we, we think yeah. of him as sort of being geriatric at this point because of his Achilles and he's getting older, but he was all up and down the pitch all day.
2: He was, and and it was interesting that Montreal was a overlapping left <laughs> centre back. Oh man, I love right. Monreal. Right, so and so they they did they really did overload as a team, right? We really did push them back. The sort of things we were saying that we didn't do at Watford, we were much more positive. Because I think we trusted the security of possession that Errol. And, and, and I've got Ramsey and uh, Alexis gave us, and I've got to give Ramsey his props for the continuity he provided, because those players look good when you spin the ball into them, but when you're receiving the ball, you want to see moving people that are moving around you, that are saying to you, I want it next. And Ramsey did not stop running, and he's a big part of our continuity. He may not be as secure. But he, I thought, I'm going to give him some credit here, I thought he made other players look better by his movement you know, and the space he created. And uh, I, th- I sometimes feel he makes too many runs and his car strength tell me that his body's saying the same thing. I sometimes want to leave space for Lacazette to do his thing. But this is really nitpicking. We're talking... To two percent of out of a perfect performance, and um, yeah, it, it was all good. Right, the only thing is, we for me as a someone that looks at the structure of the team, I do worry about leaving playing football with a one man centre midfield. You know, it's it's a worry. I can't deny it. it's a worry. But when it works, it looks great. It worked in the cup final, and it worked yesterday.
1: Yeah, so. and and I, the one good thing is, look, we'll continue to be able to rest. It's it's Norwich uh today when this comes out none of those 11 players are going to start uh then it's home to Swansea and then it's home to Red Star before City we're not going to start anybody of note in the Red Star Norwich game I think if we go to this 11 again home to Swansea I think it could be another big big performance and at a minimum we should go to Manchester City filled with confidence at least from an attacking standpoint that's my feeling um and with these players having two really good chances to play together and and develop their their uh, relationships on the pitch together, so whatever happens at the Etihad, we should be rocking up there with a team that can score goals and and feels confident. And that's you know not exactly what you would have expected coming off the result uh, at Watford. And you know, unfortunately, I just can't help but want to bang my head into the table for stupidly dropping those points to Watford because you look at the table. And it's right there for us for no particular reason and through no credit of our own. We have every chance to be a top-four side again, which we desperately need because we're going to be probably going through a rebuild next summer. It would be great to do it with Champions League football to offer. Yeah. And those drop points to Watford just look like a huge missed opportunity now. So let's continue with this 11. Let's build on this. Let's re-de- redevelop, rediscover our identity as an attacking side. You know, the, the Arsenal teams we fell in love with under Arsene Banger. The names at the back were sometimes legendary, but for the most part, I mean, after the Invincibles, you could still call out names like Fabregas and Robin van Persie, and I mean, we we've had these talented attackers. This this front three is as good as we've had: Alexis Ozon, Lacazette, and I think you know, as we've been saying, maybe this is what we can build a an enjoyable season around, and hopefully they'll be around at a minimum for the rest of the season. Clive's on Twitter at Clive P A F C. Thanks, Clive.
2: Thank you, man.
1: Enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, score. Forget Norwich for a second. Score prediction for well, you know what? We'll have a pot after Norwich, so we'll do that. We'll get to, we'll get to, we'll get to Swansea. I'm um, jumping the gun. I want to predict another five goal thrashing. Uh, my name is Elliot Smith. You can block me on Twitter, Yankee Gunner. Leave us five star review on iTunes, please, pretty please, and then write nasty stuff about Tim and Paul, who will be back. Um, uh, they. Presumably, will have cleaned themselves up from whatever climax they enjoyed after watching the game three or four times, and, and we will be ready to go and discuss the Carabao Cup, the excitement that is the Carabao Cup. Will Reese Nelson and Ainsley Maitland Niles, our future uh, right and left wing back, shine again? We will see. In any event, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, and we will talk to you after Norwich.